listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on Thursday. Uh, Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix, really. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Uh, Regular season getting underway on Tuesday against the Clippers. Joining me, as always, one of the men who is responsible for some of the magic you see on silverscreenandroll.com, Christian Rivas. Christian, what's going on, my man? Uh, Not much, just enjoying this day away from preseason basketball it's one of the last days we'll have without I mean there'll be a a gap between the preseason and regular season but uh yeah one of the very few like calm days before regular season basketball we have left I'm trying to enjoy it and uh yeah so I'm doing I'm doing all right you're gonna enjoy it and watch some Kings and Warriors preseason basketball so there there you go (laughs) yeah Uh, wanted to jump into this right off the bat. We had some breaking news come through. Uh, this is courtesy of Kyle Goon of the Southern California News Group. Uh, talking about Kyle Kuzma's extension. He has till the 21st to sign. Otherwise, you're going to have to table things till the end of the season. He's reporting that's something Rob Palenka and, you know, the, the executives with, with the Lakers aren't really prioritizing at this point. So, uh, again, this is from Kyle Goon in the Southern California News Group. He's saying the plan is, you know what, they're just going to kind of go through with it. If they come up with a deal... Uh, at some point before the regular season to make an offer, they'll do that. But not looking good so far. What, what are you making out of all this? And do you think the Lakers should be prioritizing getting this uh, uh, extension done for Kuz? Yeah, I think I, I made my stance pretty clear. I don't know if it was on this show or another uh, show on our network. But yeah, I think after LeBron and AD ink deals that will have them under contract for the 2021-22 season, um, leading up to like the the offseason before the overwhelming expectation was that the Lakers were going to go star searching. They were going to try to pair LeBron and AD with the third star uh, with the cap space they'll have available in 2021. That is no longer an option bearing a Kyle Kuzma sign in trade. The caveat there is Kyle Kuzma needs to be under contract. Uh, I think they can do that either by extending him. And I think, you know, if you're the Lakers, it makes sense to extend him right now because I don't know if his value is at an all-time high after the season he had last season. Uh, he's looked great in the preseason, and, you know, maybe that did something for his value. But generally speaking, I think if you're the Lakers, you're thinking if we sign him right now, we can probably get him at a lower price than we would next season uh, or next off season, assuming he does have a bounce-back season and looks a lot better with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Regardless, I, I think re-signing Kyle Kuzma should be a priority for the Lakers, even if it's just to trade him uh, a year from now. Yeah, I think you're looking at him as a as an asset more than, hey, we got to lock this guy down for for ten more years. You know what I mean? I, right. I, he's a, he's a good player, uh, you know, a, maybe slightly above average NBA player, I, I would say, but nobody you're going to want to break break the bank for, and nobody you really want to commit your your future to. I, I think he's he's definitely replaceable. We've seen kind of what the, what the Lakers. Um, MO has been, especially this offseason, where they're like, hey, you know what? We got some room that we're going to bring in some some proven guys, and, and they made the nice move there for uh, for Dennis Schroeder. So, um, you, you know, I, don't, I agree with you. I think it's a priority to re-sign him. Like you said, he looked great 
uh, in the in the win over the Suns last game. He had 23 points, uh, eight of 15 from the field. Really helped the Lakers kind of come get back into the game on a couple of different occasions. Um, why do you think it's been? I don't want to. It hasn't been. I'm not going to use the word contentious because that's that's not the case. But why do you think it's been a little bit off? I would say between Kuzma and the Lakers that they're not making this a total priority. I think Kuzma looks at his career numbers and says, Hey, before LeBron and AD came along and really just before AD came along, I was the number two option on the team. I was averaging close to 20 points per game uh, every night. And I think if, I'm going to cash in on a big contract, which at his age, uh, 25, because he did enter the draft a little later than uh, I, I think he was a third year player. Um, because of the age in which he entered the draft, he's not going to be one of those guys that signs two big contracts in his career. So uh, this is probably the best chance he's going to get to max out on a big money deal. And if he's looking at, the career he's had to date and the circumstances in which he played in last season, I can see him and his agent saying, look, this is a guy who on any other team uh, would be the number two option on offense would be their second or third best player. Just because he's not that with the Lakers doesn't mean he's not worth that. And I think, uh, you know, if you, you were to read the tea leaves a little bit, it is probably just a gap in what the Lakers are, willing to pay and what Kyle Kuzma is willing to take. Uh, I don't blame him. I think if he enters restricted free agency next season, I would not be surprised if uh, a team threw a big money contract at him. I know it's been reported that the Kings really like him and uh, the Knicks have even, you know, made calls about him uh, as, as was previously reported uh, by the, around the trade deadline last year, this year, I don't know, time's a flat circle. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, Kuz thinks he can get paid. Uh, and if it's not going to come from the Lakers, the amount he wants this month, he's he's willing to take it to restricted free agency. So, you know, what's funny about that, the argument that, that you're saying that, you know, Kuz's agent, and they could look at this and say, hey, um, you know, he could be a top two scorer on a lot of other NBA teams. Yeah, if your team wants to win 24 games in a season, of course you're going to pay Kyle Kuzma big money. I, I don't see... Uh, I just don't see him having any any leverage in that sense. I think he's going to have to make a decision ultimately um, when the time comes is, hey, do I want to take the money or do I want to put myself in a situation that I'm playing for a not only a respected, a great franchise in the Lakers, maybe maybe another, you know, decent team like the Spurs or, or, or someone, uh, you know, a, a mid-market looks at him and says, hey, you know what, we're, we're willing to pay this guy. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't see him like I said, breaking the bank with a huge deal at this point. I don't think he's shown enough. And when he was scoring uh, one of the top two scorers on the team, how bad were the Lakers? You know, and I think you have to look at that as well. And if that's the approach he's going to go for, by all means, you'll have a team like the uh, Detroit Pistons or the, or the Cleveland Cavaliers or something like somebody like that throwing some money at you. And by all means, you know what, go ahead and get paid. I'm not going to hate on him for that. But I, I just ultimately don't see him being a guy who – has that much leverage when he's talking to a contending team. Like you're not going to look at him and say, wow, we really need Kuzma. He's like the last piece on our, on our championship team. I, I just think he's too replaceable. Yeah. Well, I think when we talk about Kuzma now, I think we talk about the player Kuzma was last season. And if you're evaluating a player's talent um, 
You know, that's what you have to go off of is their, their most recent sample size. What did he do in this role? Is he somebody that can adapt to different situations? And I think towards the end of last season, we saw the answer to that question with Kuzma was yes, he is adaptable. He's somebody that, you know, started his career as a kind of an isolation scorer at the four position and, and a spot up shooter. And last season, he was almost strictly a high energy defender. Uh, whether it was at a high level is a debatable subject. I think he was, you know, just kind of okay. And in that respect, yes, I think Kyle Kuzma is replaceable. I think somebody like Maurice Harkless, uh, who was available in the offseason, is probably more valuable in the role they tried to pigeonhole him in last season than Kuzma is. Now, if we're talking about Kuzma as a long-term project with with upside as a, again, as that isolation score at the fourth position, I think he's has really good footwork and has a nice touch around the rim that we just haven't seen because he is a rhythm player that that takes some time to get going. And, you know, on the Lakers, he, he's just not getting that. He's not going to get those touches unless – you know, Frank Vogel hands the keys to the second unit with him. With Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell on the team, I don't know if, you know, this season will be this season for Frank to do that either. But, I mean, he certainly looked more comfortable in the preseason. Uh, I mean, if he's playing as well as he has in the preseason so far, I can easily see him, you know, maybe not averaging the 18.7 points per game he averaged in the 2018-19 season, but uh, the 16.1 points per game on 36.6 shooting from behind the arc. Yeah, I could, I could totally see him average that. And, you know, we've seen with the Clippers, with a guy like Marcus Morris, how valuable a player like that can be. Now, <laughs> I don't know if I'd pay Kyle Kuzma Marcus Morris money because I wouldn't have even played, paid Marcus Morris Marcus Morris <laughs> yeah, money yeah, if I were the yeah. Clippers. Um, but, you know, that a guy like that does have value, especially if, if he can stay afloat on the defensive end. So, uh, I'm not as low on Kuzma as, you know, uh, other people are, but as me, uh, you can go ahead and yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and say it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I definitely understand, uh, their line of thinking and, you know, I obviously don't have any inside information on this, but I would not be surprised if, you know, that's the, the type of thinking or mindset the Lakers are in right now. Well, you just look at the and, and this is one thing I, I was thinking while watching the watching the game yesterday. You know, like you're watching this Lakers team, and I'm not going to count obviously. You know, Costas and and Devonte Kaycock, who I do believe has a potential to be a double double machine eventually as as he grows. But you know, you're looking at the Lakers. Like it's funny. I was, I was watching the the uh, the Kings Warriors game from a few nights ago. And the Warriors are, are just trotting out these guys. I'm like, I've never heard of them. Don't know how they're ever going to get any, <laughs> any run in, in the NBA. Like, they're just kind of – they played 15 guys, and I didn't know who, you know, maybe four of them were. Like, I'm like, I, these guys ain't going to be in the NBA this season. And you're looking at the Lakers, and other than the guys I just mentioned, I mean, you got Wesley Matthews. You got, uh, you know, Markeith Morris. Uh, Harrell, obviously, coming off the bench. Jared Dudley, say what you want about him. He's a proven NBA guy. He's had a long career. And he's had a pretty right. damn good career for, for just an average NBA player. And then you look at um, the, just the depth and the way they can handle it. I love Marcus Allsfit so far. I think he's going he's gonna to be a perfect matchup opportunity for Frank Vogel. I don't think you can have mm-hmm. him out there, you know, 35 minutes a night. He wasn't going to play that much anyway, just up there in age. But, I mean, I don't think you're going to have him out there all the time. But if you are dealing with an opposing big or, or, or a, game, a, a guy who might not be as athletic – you're going to be able to have Gasol out there and he, you can run the offense through him at the high post too. He's a great passer. So right. I, I look at the depth that this Lakers team has and I'm like, 
man. And, and when they wanted to turn it on defensively too, they're, they're a scary, scary team to contend with. I, I just don't see how anybody in the West has the, the horses to be able to match up with the team this deep. And I think when you look at when you get into the regular season, I, I, and even into the postseason, I'll say it now, you know, barring injury, of course, or something COVID-related happens that, you know, a guy's got to miss some time. But, you know, it's like, anybody going to beat these guys in a seven-game series, all things being equal? I, I just don't think so. Like, you look at how good they are, how, how talented they are, and you look at – and this goes back to the Coos point, too. Like, they've been able to bring in all this NBA level and above-average NBA level talent, really, uh, at a few different positions, that it's like, okay, Coos, if you really want that much money, go yes. ahead and take it, but you're going to be winning 25 games a season. Yeah, I, and I also think, you know, to your point about how deep this team is um, – you know, part of the re- report that you referenced from Kyle Goon was, I guess, the overwhelming sentiment from that meeting he had with Rob Palenka, or at least his agent had with Rob Palenka, is, hey, listen, if you're going to get paid from us, you're going to have to show that, you know, you're as good or better than the guys we brought in this season. Because otherwise, you're like the seventh, eighth guy on the team and and you know, why are we going to be paying upwards of $15 million for somebody who isn't even the fifth or sixth most valuable or even talented guy on the team? So yeah, like I said, I totally get why the Lakers are are going to play the long game with this. Uh, I, I would be, I would not be surprised if this ended in a sign and trade to, you know, a team like Sacramento next season. Uh, the Lakers aren't, particularly deep at the shooting guard position. Uh, Wesley Matthews is not getting any younger. So, you know, maybe the Kings come or maybe the Lakers hit the Kings up next season and say, Hey, what's the market for buddy healed? Uh, Maybe we can get him out of there, work a sign and trade with, with Kyle Kuzma and, you know, Kyle Kuzma gets to play under Luke Walton again and, and can be the number two or three option on a Kings team that desperately needs it. And, yeah, I think, you know, whether it's the Kings or another team, I ultimately think that's where he ends or how this situation plays out. But I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see how he does this season. If he looks anything like he's ha- looked in the preseason, I, I wouldn't mind the Lakers keeping him around at all. Yeah, and, and and I agree with you. I think sign him in terms of, you know, you want to get this guy into at least being an asset if, it, right. if you don't want to bring him, you know, keep him around long term. But um, he's 25 years old. I don't think he's going to get much better than than what he is. You know what I mean already? Like, it's, it's rare that you see guys become late bloomers in mm-hmm. the NBA. He's been around long enough. I think we know what Kuz is and we know what his ceiling is. And mm-hmm. ultimately, if he's going, going to want that kind of money, it's like I, I, I could see them paying him like KC, KCP level, you know what I mean, m- money. But I, I wouldn't give him anything, anything more than that. I just don't think he's, 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 he's going to be worth it long term. And, and so that, that's something we're obviously going to have to keep an eye on in, in terms of the roster. I want to jump into a few other things. Let's do that after a short break. All right, and we're back. Uh, we were discussing Kuz there uh, before we took the break there, uh, Christian. But wanted to talk about, obviously, the guy who's been the most hyped up you know, player on the Lakers this preseason. Nobody cares about AD. Nobody cares about LeBron James. We all know they're going to be ready for the season opener against the Clippers on Tuesday. Taylor Horton Tucker uh, had a nice game again you know, against the Suns, 18 points, five rebounds, uh, shot well, 7-11 from the field. Is this for real? Do you think this is just like a, a like we like Zach Norvell? You know what I mean? That one, <laughs> that one preseason, like, oh, this guy can play. Uh, but do you think it's a little bit different with THD? given the props he's getting from some of the other guys around the league and, and the consistency and the one factor, again, playing next to LeBron James, I, I think that's going to help him a ton. 
Oh yeah. So the the thing that I'm most excited about with Taylor Horton Tucker is similar to how I felt about Alex Caruso last season and even leading up to last season. I think they're different players. I think Taylor Horton Tucker is obviously a much more naturally talented scorer than Alex Caruso is. Um, I think Caruso is probably a better shooter than Horton Tucker, despite what the preseason stats say. Uh, Horton Tucker could not hit the – I mean, he couldn't hit anything that wasn't around the rim mm-hmm. uh, with the South Bay Lakers last season. So, uh, But, no, I think the, the same reason I like Horton Tucker is the same reason I liked Caruso last season, and that's just the guy competes very, very hard on both ends of the floor whenever he's on the floor. It sounded like a true floor. NBA coach right now. You know, he just, he just competes yeah. on both ends of the floor. But well, yeah. it's true. He, 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 does, he does compete really hard. And that, that's, you know, it might not sound like a really valuable skill, but I mean, that's ultimately what's going to get him playing time is, is being able to stay in front of his guy and move off of the ball. And I think it's especially true because of how long he is. Like, mm-hmm. The, the guy has, you know, over a seven-foot wingspan, uh, has ginormous arms. And, you know, I think those two things, his ability to use his length to disrupt guys and just his ability to play hard is going to get him minutes. Now, the thing that is going to make him more than just, you know, a sporadic rotation player is going to be his scoring ability. And we've seen a lot of that in the preseason. Like, the fact that he's getting to the rim as easily as he's been able to, and, you know, his ability to finish with reverse layups or, you know, Euro steps, that's all stuff we saw with the South Bay Lakers last season that is now being translated to the NBA. The thing I am curious about, and I think we saw a little bit with uh, or, or against the Suns on Wednesday night is, how teams scout him and take those looks away from him and how he responds. I think they kind of limited his, his shot opportunities on Wednesday. The Suns did a really good job of doing that. The fact that that's a sentence is crazy. The fact that the Suns are scouting for Taylor Horton Tucker says a lot about his potential, in my opinion. Um, but after that, I mean, once he, it became clear he wasn't going to get the type of looks he was used to or at least not as easily uh he was able to adapt a little bit he you know changed the types of look he was getting he became a little bit more of a playmaker and yeah I think if if you're Frank Vogel or if you're just a Lakers fan you look at that and say all right I think we got something in this kid yeah and that's all you can hope for really out of a out of a second round pick you're not looking at him being like damn this guy's gonna turn into you know Draymond Green you're hoping hey he can if he can develop into even a rotational piece, that's a that's a major win for any any organization you're getting in the second round. Uh, you mentioned a shooting he shot 30% for the uh, South Bay Lakers last season from beyond the arc. Uh, ended up attempting, I believe it was a total of, let me just get this straight here. Uh, he ended up attempting a total of 6.2 a game, hit 1.9. So yeah, that's something he's going to have to work on again, but he's just, he's just a kid at this point. Uh, I just love his, he, he almost is like a wrecking ball. You know, when he's going towards the the hoop, like, People just are bouncing off him, and he's kind of – he's weirdly slow but kind of fast. Does that make, does that make sense the way I'm yeah, saying no, it? Like I, he's, I get it. He's deceptively quick the way he operates, and, and everything kind of seems like it slows down when he has the ball in his hand. And so for me, I think he has the tools to be an effective player. Is that going to be 
on a championship contender this season. That remains to be seen. Like we mentioned, I mean, he's, he's, he's a kid at this point. You know, he's, he's going to grow. He's going to get better. And if he's spending time with the, with the big club throughout, throughout the season and, and rubbing shoulders with LeBron as a 20-year-old, that, that's going to rub off on him. So he's a guy I look at and, and I think, hey, you know what? Um, they have something there. And again, if, if he shows enough, that might make their decision with Kuz a little bit easier too going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think, and we talked about this even last week, I think if Taylor Horton Tucker is going to see the floor this season, obviously he's gotten a lot of minutes at that point guard position. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the starting lineup. I think if Dennis Schroeder starts, Alex Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker comes off coming off of the bench makes a ton of sense uh, because of the shot creation Taylor Horton Tucker offers and, you know, the three and D type of play that Alex Caruso offers. And, uh, you know, if Wesley Matthews can play that three spot, then you have a really good uh, bench rotation. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's also possible that Taylor Horton Tucker, given his wingspan and his ability to defend the ball, can soak up some of those minutes at the wings. So, yeah, I think if you're the Lakers, you you can probably look at what Taylor Horton Tucker provides as opposed to Kyle Kuzma and say, yeah, I we could feel comfortable – rolling with THT who's younger and um, for now is on a cheaper contract. Mm-hmm. THT will be a restricted free agent next season, which I'm not crazy about. Uh, I think the Lakers pro- probably could have done a better job with their cap last year to offer him a, a three-year contract or a three-year rookie contract as opposed to two. Now they might um, run into a problem with how well, he'll play this season and and have to pay him more than they would have right away. But I mean, if you're the Lakers, that's a really good problem to have uh, unless you're (laughs) Jeannie bus having to dip into the luxury tax and, and pay that. Uh, She's got more than enough to cover that. Chris. I think think she's okay on that front, but yeah, I think, uh, I think THT is, is a really exciting prospect. I think, you know, uh, in an era in which the Lakers no longer really have a young core, he's all the young core you need. Cause I mean, I won't say any names, but I think he has the potential to be better than, you know, at least a few of the Lake, uh, a few of the players the Lakers have taken in the first round. Uh, You'll you say know, some names, it. Christian. They were on a podcast. Is you're <laughs> spilling your opinion? I'm all right. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a deal. No. Um, yeah. It's 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 going to be. I, I think that's one of the good storylines. But hey, if Palenka's smart. Just tell Frank Vogel. Hey, you know what? Just don't play Taylor Hucker, uh, Horton Tucker too much during the season. We'll fatten up. <laughs> we don't want to fatten us up. Fatten up his contract. We're good enough to win without him. So that that should be a good uh, good approach for the for the uh, front office there to, if they want to save themselves some money. Uh, jump into this too before we wrap up. Um, what are you finding watching the games like? You know, just in terms of with they're actually playing in their home arenas as opposed to Orlando. Are you finding the view, viewing experience any better at this point as well? I mean, I think it's roughly the same as the bubble. Uh, I I don't find the fan, like the fanless stadiums as weird as I thought it, I would. It's honestly a step up from the virtual fans. I think like. I, I don't mind the empty stadiums. I'm sure the Lakers feel differently. Uh, I, I was talking to Alex Russo earlier today, and he was saying that like throughout preseason, uh, throughout training camp, the guys have just been talking about how they really hope fans are back soon because yeah, you know playing without them is real weird. So yeah, I I don't mind it. I wa- I'm a avid soccer fan, and they've been playing without fans for 
a little while now. So, I mean, maybe that plays a part in it. But, yeah, I think the product is fine. Uh, basketball is still fun with or without fans in the stadiums. But, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat as everybody when I say I hope, uh, you know, by taking the right precautions and, you know, whether it's the vaccine or wearing masks, uh, I, I really, really, really hope fans are back in stadiums soon. See, I, I'm on the opposite end of you. I actually like it way better than the Orlando bubble. Just watching it. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I just, I can't, I, like I was into the games, obviously, because I'm like, thank goodness there's something on to distract us from all the craziness that's happening across the world. But at the same time, I was like, man, I miss just like, I, I, it's just a different viewing experience for me. I just feel more comfortable, almost feel like, all right, you know what, this kind of feels a little bit more normal than what we were seeing in Orlando, or in, in Orlando. But interesting note, the Orlando Magic are going to allow 4,000 people into the building for their games. I don't know if they're going to sell that many tickets anyways, because they're the Orlando Magic. But I mean, they're, they're at least allowing it. I, when do you think that we'll, we'll, we'll be able to kind of maybe, do you think it'll happen at all this season? Or you think you're looking at um, the 2021-22 season that you'll get fan, like full, a full arena full of fans again? Uh, yeah, so a full arena full of fans, I, I don't think will happen until the 2021 season. Uh, I did not know. I was today years old when I found out that uh, the Rockets had a number of fans in stadiums already. That's oh, did they? I don't, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much older than you, so you're, you're, you're ahead of the curve. <laughs> that way. How, are they doing the same thing? Was it 4,000? 4, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't know the exact number, but I, I saw today that that they had fans in the stadiums and given who their owner is, that does not surprise me. But yeah, um, I, I, you know, I didn't think any stadiums would have fans this season. I was thinking that too, but I, I mean, you know, NFL has been doing that certain, you know, certain states are, are allowing X amount of fans. I haven't heard of any um any outbreaks or, or anything related to, to fans being in the stadium. Again, I, I just, that might've happened. I just, I might've missed it, but I haven't heard of that. So it'll be interesting, obviously with the NBA being primarily indoors uh, might be a different, a different thing with the virus going around, but that that's something to keep an eye on too. Cause I was thinking that I go, you know, if you do have like the NFL had a interesting uh, idea, which is that they would welcome healthcare workers who are vaccinated and, and allow them to come to the Super Bowl. And so I feel like if you get to the NBA playoffs and, they're kicking off in, in late April, um, you know, around there. Maybe people who can prove that they have the vaccine, they're, they're allowed to come into the arena. I, I could see that happening. Again, being in, in California might be a little bit different because all the rules here are a little bit stricter. But I, I, do you think that the Lakers would look at doing something like that? Um, I, yeah, again, as you mentioned, we do live in California. And, you know, I think we err on the side of caution here a lot, which – you know, I personally don't mind. I understand why the Lakers mind. They're losing lots of money. And uh, I understand why Lakers employees mind because, or because yeah. you know, they are. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, there are just so many people without jobs that usually have jobs right now, whether it's arena workers or, or just vendors. Um, it sucks. But, you know, this is something we just all have to push through. Hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer. There was another uh, vaccine that is set to be approved by the fba uh, fda you know within the coming days so yeah 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 let's just hope for the best that's all we can do right now i know well you know what christian the good th good news for you is you're much younger than me um or the bad news for you is you're young, much younger than me so i'll probably be one of the first groups that's vaccinated <laughs> the, the uh, old, old fogey that i am uh when are you going to be dropping that uh, the the caruso interview you're going to be writing up something on that 
so it is it is actually up right 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 as we're recording right before we're signing off it is up so it's out right now check it out if you're a fan of uh, the premier league i snuck in a question about his manchester city citizens and and how they've started the season so that was a lot of fun it's probably the most fun interview i've done in my career so far so shout out to caruso and and shout out to the the people at tonal for setting that up most fun having doing the interview but not as much fun with anybody who's doing the podcast with me oh, that's, that's, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's christian rivas uh does it for this episode don't forget lakers are opening up their regular season on tuesday against the clippers should be a good one and for, don't forget as well to subscribe to the silver screen and roll podcast network you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your fix. And as Christian mentioned, uh, mentioned go to silverscreenandroll.com. Uh, he's got the Alex Caruso interview up. Plus, all your Lakers needs are covered there for now throughout the season. We'll talk to you all next time.